This is episode 9 of the Kindred Mom podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Welcome. Today I'm sharing an interview with Robin Chapman, a writer and mama of four. We talk about the essay she contributed to Kindred Mom titled The Learning Curve of Motherhood. We had a great conversation about the uncertainty we deal with as mamas who are trying to navigate information from all different places in order to try to make the best decisions we can for our families. We also talk about how challenging it can be to parent confidently when parents seem to be judged more often than encouraged these days. I really enjoyed her honesty, and I hope you will as well. This show is supported by Adopt Together, the world's largest nonprofit crowdfunding platform for adoption. Adopt Together helps turn crowds into communities by providing a space for adoptive families to share their story and collect tax-deductible donations from their entire support network. In just five years, they have helped over 2,300 families raise more than $10 million to fund their adoptions. If you're considering adoption, go to adopttogether.org to check out some of their family profiles and hear Adopt Together CEO and founder, Hank Fortner, talk about how he uses the internet to build families. Now I have with me Robin Chapman. Robin, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you, Emily? I'm so good. I'm really glad to have you on this episode today, and we're going to be talking about uh, the essay that you shared with the Kindred Bomb community that was called The Learning Curve of Motherhood, and as we get into that, I would love to have a little introduction to you and your family and anything you'd like to tell us about yourself. Okay. Well, I'm I'm Robin. I live in Fairbanks, Alaska. Um, I have four kids. One is, let's see, now I've got to um, remember all their ages. There's one that's 10 months, one that is two, and one that's one that turns five on Thursday. And then I have a six-year-old. Um, so How I have exciting. A, yeah. Birthday coming up. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, I'm excited. She's excited because she's one of the one of the summer birthdays and gets to have her birthday at the park, which she holds over her big sister's head from time to time. <laughs> um, well, it's a very wonderful privilege to have a park birthday. Yes. So it's gorgeous here right now that um, we're getting all the daylight and the sun is sort of blinding me and the, the leaves have come out. It comes, they come out really suddenly here. Um, they, I think I, well, I left, uh, about a week ago and I came back and they were, they had gone from just buds to like full, full summer all the way out everywhere. So yeah. that was kind of fun. Awesome. So. Well, I have never been to Alaska, but I have seen many photos and I, I feel like it beckons to me and I would love to go uh, someday. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So, and I, I am a stay at home mom. Um, my husband, uh, well, honestly, he does kind of everything. Um, but he, uh, he's the church tech guy and he and his brother run an auto rental company and he just does all sorts of, all sorts of different things. Um, yeah. and he can fix, fix my computer when it needs it. It's, That's so awesome. It's quite nice. 
Well, I really love this essay that you shared. Um, it was called The Learning Curve of Motherhood, and you addressed in it uh, just kind of speaking straight to a mama who has a brand new baby and maybe feels a little out of her element with this new world in front of her. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, kind of what you had on your heart when you started writing this. And um, if you could also give just a tiny bit of a recap of what was in it, that would be great as well. Um, mostly, mostly what was behind it was I was just thinking about becoming a new mom. And um, I was so I was so silly as a new as a, <laughs> as a new mom, I thought, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to read all the things. I'm going to stay one phase ahead. So like before we got pregnant, I read pregnancy books. When I was pregnant, I read like birth books and newborn mm -hmm. stuff. And then I started like when she was, when Jenna, my six-year-old was first born, I started like reading parenting books and like how to discipline and stuff. And it was, it was so goofy. Um, but I thought I was being super on top of it. And I just like, read all the things and researched everything. And I mean, talked to parents, which was good. It was good to have that information, but I've since forgotten everything. Um, <laughs> and, and honestly, you just wind up kind of winging it. <laughs> so, um, but the thing that, the thing that threw me for a loop and the thing that I wrote about was, um, I was reading, I it, like when, when newborns come, the thing that they do is they eat and they sleep and they poop. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wanted to figure out like, what are my, what are my thoughts on, um, sleeping? Like I knew that I wanted to breastfeed. So that wasn't a thing that I needed to, like, there was going to be, um, some learning when the baby got here, but that wasn't really anything right. that I could, you know, prep especially. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I was okay with changing diapers. So the, the other thing that I needed to learn was how babies sleep and their um, lots and lots of opinions and lots of books written on infant sleep and they contradict each other and everything as, as I have found ever since everything, um, yeah, there's not just one way to do it and everyone has a, an opinion about what that should be. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has an opinion and they have really good sounding reasons why, um, if you do it the other way, it's wrong and going to be harmful to your child. And it's, it feels a little scary going into it and not knowing, you know, what your plan is because everybody else has a plan for you and, and dire consequences if you don't follow that one. And so, yeah, I thought that it, what you wrote about in the essay really was just speaking to this cultural thing that we have going on in, as new moms that there is information everywhere like you can read about things you get people telling you little sound bites of you can try this and you should be doing that and there's just so much information coming in that I feel like it can be really overwhelming oh, yeah. to know okay well what do I listen to and what do I not listen mm -hmm. to I felt like you kind of touched on that, not necessarily uh, on purpose, but that is such a, a real experience for most new mamas. Yeah, and, and it doesn't go away. Um, I'm, I'm learning as I'm just starting homeschooling the, the big two. They're 17 months apart, so, um, mm -hmm. so I'm kind of homeschooling them as a batch. Um, <laughs> I know about I this method. I have six <laughs> children, so I yes. do batch everything at my house. <laughs> yes. So I just, you know, the, the little one is 
taken just a little bit longer to pick the things up. Um, mm-hmm. But as I read around, there are so many there are so many great sounding ways to homeschool, and you know so many good reasons for doing it. Each of these ways, and it, it comes down to needing to just pick something and try it. And if it doesn't work, you try something else. Is is kind of the kind of the feeling that I'm getting. Like there's, I, I feel like it's just going to always be there's always going to be a lot of information and a lot of ways and all the, all the fear about doing it wrong. Um, I'm just going to have to get over. (laughs) Yeah. One thing that I feel like we don't always know to tell new moms, at least I didn't think about this until more the last couple of years, but I think parenthood, like we think it's about doing all the right things, but it's not really about doing the right things. It's really about decision making and those decisions. Sometimes it's not a right or a wrong. It's, is it this way or is it that way? And there are several ways that may work well for a family and several ways that may not work well for one, but do for another. And I feel like if we could talk about that going into motherhood, that this is about making a lot of decisions and there aren't necessarily wrong ways that maybe mamas would feel a little bit more confidence when they do start making decisions for themselves and their baby um, without second guessing it so much. Yeah, I feel like there's so much, um, just all the voices are so loud and and, and things change between like, it's different, you know, it's different for me as a mom than it is for you as a mom, I'm sure. And it's different between my kids. I'm sure you've seen that, that what works for one kid, my, I have several strong children. We're still waiting to see if any of them turn out to be compliant, but discipline wise, what works for the first one is totally ineffective for the second. Um, and it, you know, so I'm, I thought for a little while with, with Jenna, I had it all figured out and then Catherine came along and I, it turns out I don't. Um, mm-hmm. and I had to figure it out again. And now I'm, I'm doing it once more with a toddler and figuring out what, what kinds of, um, direction work well for him and, and we'll do yeah. it one more time at least. So, yeah, I think when we can see how unique each individual child is which is one of the beautiful parts of motherhood I feel when you have more than one child especially is that you get to start seeing that they aren't like this isn't normal for two-year-olds this is normal for this individual (laughs) two-year-old and being able to see that you know one two-year-old to the next you really can't expect the same temperament or results with certain methods and Um, So that's both beautiful, I think, about the uniqueness of each child, but it's also a challenge because isn't it so humbling that we might have the right answers for one that we've kind of sorted out and decoded and figured out what they need, and then the next one is 180 degrees different. Yeah, I'm I'm finding that with my fourth baby because I was kind of, you know, like, well, babies are babies, and I kind of have this down but then this one mm-hmm. is doing this weird thing like when we started her on solids she just like she would just throw them up and I'm like what in the world like none of my other kids did this I don't you know after after a few of them I kind of felt like just a little bit just a little cocky about it like surely surely this will be fine season mom I got it 
And she's like, no, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it my way. Well, I find myself being humbled over and over yeah. and over again about, I mean, even though I've had six and there are things that I would say I totally have this figured out. I have even had conversations with moms who are asking my input on a specific thing and I'll be like, oh yeah, you just try this or that. And these are the things that I've done. And even can say it was a little bit different for this one or that one. But then, you know, then somebody surprises me the next week and totally blows everything out of the water, not anything like what I've seen before. So I feel like um, I just like to remind newer moms that even though I have six children, I am figuring this out as I go as well. Yes. <laughs> that there isn't, uh, you get a gold star because you pass right. this level. <laughs> it's definitely like, <laughs> it's definitely much more like, all right, well, we, we just take in all the information as it comes and really just try to make the best choices that we can yes, day by day. Absolutely. I just think that there is something valuable about, um, just acknowledging that a lot of times that the the first thing we try isn't the thing that is going to work in the long term. That there's so much um, ingenuity <laughs> that goes into solving problems uh, that you run into yeah. with not just sleep, but anything with little ones. And um, I just would love for you to talk a little bit more about how you came to that middle ground. Like, what is it that you experienced Um Going from trying one method to just realizing that that well, wasn't going to work. <laughs> I feel a little funny because because sleep is such such a huge um, hot button for so many moms. Mm-hmm. I feel a little bit exposed saying it, but the where I started was um, that uh, attachment parenting sounded really good to me. And I didn't want her to cry because I didn't I didn't want you know I wanted her to understand that I'm I'm here for her. I will always come to her. Uh, which I think at its root is very, very good. Um, the problem came, I had um, a month when she was about four months old, um, where she got her first teeth, she got her first real cold, we traveled and we had house guests for um, like four weeks. Um, and so everything was off. She forgot how to like sleep in the bassinet beside my bed. And I don't co-sleep well. Um, not because we have any issues like philosophically with it. Um, I just don't, don't sleep. I spend all night staying awake, watching my child and my husband sleep. And I get very crabby (laughs) about it. Um, so after a month of that and we had house guests, so I knew that there wasn't a lot that I could do. Like I, I tried getting her, um, you know, I tried various ways to get her to go to sleep and stay asleep, but it just, nothing was working. And I realized at that point that I was going to have to try something else. Um, and a good, um, a good friend of mine, uh, pointed out that I, I need to not, not base my parenting style on fear. Um, that, that fear isn't a good, uh, a good way to pick where, how I parent this child. Um, and so I, I stepped back a little bit and kind of looked at the options and I, there was a, there was a book that I read that had a certain method of sleep training that was a little bit gentler where I would, you know, sit, sit by her for a while, you know, while she fussed and then, 
Um, and then I'd kind of move out of the room over the course of uh, several days. Like you'd spent the first three nights sitting next to her and then you'd back up and you, or you'd stay there, but not touch her. And then anyway, you'd slowly back out of the room. And so I did that and it worked and it took a, a really long time. Um, but I, I felt better about it. In subsequent kids, what I wound up doing um, was a little bit different than that even. But I just I had to I had to do something else. Um, it got to a point where I couldn't I couldn't be a good mom um, with the the sleep that I wasn't getting. Um, and so, yeah, so I tried something else. And if it had gone, you know, I can hear I, I can hear in her voice, um, you know, when she's when she's mad versus when she's scared. And I was right there with her. Sleep is definitely a hot topic. And I, I know that it can be really vulnerable to share some of what you experience with one child or another. One of the things that I'm really passionate about regarding kindred mom is that there are ways to hear each other's stories and learn from someone else's experience without the parent shaming that happens with, well, that's a terrible idea or (laughs) all the, there's so many opinions that can be so negative, especially online. And, um, I just think that this journey is hard enough without people who don't even know us or our children having opinions about how we do things. And there are times to step in if children are not being Mm -hmm. treated well and are being neglected. That's different to me. But there are a a wide range of parenting choices that we can make on a lot of different things that are absolutely sufficient or healthy for a given family. And I just, I don't know, I feel like if we could just have a little bit more grace for each other in the process, it would be. Yes. And I I love that so much. I love that about Kindred Mom. I love that. that the other month you got, you opened up screen time conversations like that can be such an issue. Uh, like it's just a scary thing to talk about. Um, and all of these, all of these, all of these choices that we make as moms, um, because of the way, just because of the way the internet makes parenting now, it can be really scary to share. Um, as I, I was reading a thing, recently about when um when baby Jessica fell into the well like 30 years ago it was the 30th anniversary of that a couple months ago and how like the whole world was pulling for those parents and if that happened now you would have a million people that are specialists in parenting and wells and fences and everything um jumping all over the parents in in an effort to make themselves feel like that couldn't happen to them. Like this couldn't happen to me because of course I would watch my kid better and it makes you feel safer. Um, so I love that kindred mom is kind of back to that space where we pull for each other, um, rather than second guessing each other's decisions. I just, I think with that, it's so easy online where somebody is not face to face with you to, you get a tiny little sliver of a glimpse into their life and then you think that you know yeah. what is really like the total situation going on there. And I think some of us have become more aware that what we see on Instagram is not the whole picture of someone's life or situation. And just being able to say that out loud, I, I just have loved the the more vulnerable glimpses into someone's life and story because it um, I think it makes it 
easier for everyone else to jump in and say, this is my real motherhood journey. And these are my real struggles. And these are the things that we have worked through. And, you know, or I have solutions for this thing that worked for me and I'm not necessarily prescribing it for everyone, but that it's an option to to try. Because I think that, I mean, we need information. We just don't need information from people who think that we need to adopt their information. Like it is the absolute only way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and I think, and I think I said in, in my essay too, like one of the things that it comes down to for, for those of us who follow Jesus is the indwelling Holy spirit. Like he loves our kids so much more than we do even which is unfathomable. And he has, he has access to our hearts. And if we're doing something that's, you know, that's going to be hard, like if, um, the way that I dealt with sleep was going to be harmful to my firstborn, um, he has, he has the means to let me know that. Yeah. I just, I'm really thankful that we have both, um, you know, God's care in our lives as parents, because I don't know where I would find the strength and resolve. And, um, there are a lot of days that I just need courage. And I find that in, um, in God's presence in my life. And, um, I also think that sometimes there is just that need for, um, just reassurance that, it is not up to us to carry yes. the whole world on our shoulders, that there are things that we're responsible for that we need to be faithful in, but there are a lot of things that are out of our control. And that's a gift to us to, that we're not needing yes. to be in control of every last thing in the world. So, well, Robin, I really appreciated this essay and uh, your thoughts in it, especially when you were saying um, that ideas are good and some will work for you. Um, but it's okay. Everything is going to be okay. And just, um, kind of speaking to the idea that mamas will be able to, um, within time, really be able to trust their own intuition and making decisions for their, their babies. And I just love that you kind of breathe that word of encouragement, uh, that, there are a lot of things to adjust to after having a new baby, um, but that most mamas do find their groove within time. It might take a few weeks or a few months, but I just love seeing new moms learning yeah. about their own capability. It really, it really does all eventually turn out okay. Uh, well, I mean, I say that like I know because I have a six-year-old. <laughs> as far as but but they've they've survived infancy so that part that part works out so far despite all of my lack of knowledge and wisdom and all all the confusion and sleeplessness well it's it's definitely a a big journey for all of us and i just appreciated your encouraging words for mamas so thank you thank you and i would love to know if you uh, would share where people can find you online if they want to follow more of your writing yeah, um, I can be found at robindchapman.com. Um, you can mm-hmm. you can find me on Instagram at robin.chapman. Um, and my Facebook page is funny and long. I want to say it's at Grace Enough for Us Robin 
Chat, Robin D. Chapman or something. <laughs> Never mind. Ignore that. There's, there's I'll get that link things. from you okay. and I'll put it in the show notes. No worries. Okay. Uh, like Robin D. Chapman and Grace Enough was were both taken. So I like wound up with this really long, dumb one. Wow, well, that that works. We'll we'll make sure people can find you through the show notes. And right. um, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. I want to acknowledge how much courage it takes to talk about parenting choices these days. Like Robin mentioned. Years ago, there wasn't nearly the same pressure to navigate social sentiments about a personal parenting journey. Communities rallied around parents in troubling situations. And now, sometimes it seems much more likely to encounter criticism than encouragement if you land on what someone else deems as the wrong side of an issue. There are many things we encounter as parents that might be solved in a number of different ways. It's not always immediately clear what the best choice might be. I think part of mothering is learning how to be a professional problem solver. Most often, I find a new challenge surface among my children. I have no idea what the right answer is. Many issues are not ones that can really be fixed as much as they have to be worked through. I have found motherhood to be a dance of listening to my children, learning about what new strategy or idea might serve our needs, trying out possible solutions, and leading my kids forward with courage even if I don't feel entirely confident. I also think that as our children grow, we grow too. We learn, adapt, and in some cases, MacGyver our way through the different seasons of parenting. I really want newer moms to know that the learning curve of the first few years can feel overwhelming, but love for our children really does carry us through. You can't go wrong by turning off the outside voices and being attentive to your child's needs and cues. Before long, you'll recognize that even if you don't know what to do in a given circumstance, it doesn't mean that you're not capable and perfectly equipped to sort things out and advocate for your little ones as you go along. I want to share a quote from another essay we featured on Kindred Mom by Jaina Ray. It's an essay called Mama's Ruby Slippers. Jaina writes, I think the beauty of motherhood is that it is in fact a journey. Like any journey, it is an ever unfolding story one in which the beautiful heroine discovers her own nuggets of dormant greatness. Through her travels, she discovers she has the brains and brawn that adapt to the challenges of each new day. She taps into a courage that raises its noble head and roars, and she accesses the resilience that persists just below the surface. Most of all, she unearths the mighty, unfailing love that powers the engine and keeps it all afloat. To close out this episode, I want to share a closing blessing by Libby John, a multi-talented mama and artist who hosts a podcast called Art and Faith Conversations. Her show is about the relationship between creativity and spirituality. She offers these words, May you be filled with wisdom as you care for your family's needs, and may you leave footprints of God's grace throughout the hallways of your home as you build for the years you cannot yet see.